everyone. This is Mike Lindstedt, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project. You are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, today is a special Thanksgiving podcast. We are going to be talking about, of course, thankfulness. And uh, how fitting to talk about thankfulness on the day where we get to celebrate and be thankful for mm-hmm. everything that the Lord has done for us, uh, whether or not we believe in him. Yeah, I mean, people who don't even believe that he exists are recipients of his common grace. And of course, his children, those who have been saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and have been therefore adopted into the family of God, man, we know the the, the blessings that we've received. We've received salvation. We've received hope. We've received grace. I mean, you could go on and on and on, right, Chad? Mm-hmm. But today we want to just discuss thankfulness in light of, I guess, a, a little bit more of a realistic view of life. Yeah. Right? We're going to be talking again about suffering, as we did last week, and, and evil, and, and, and how we can be thankful in the midst of some really challenging issues. And we're going to look at Job again today. Mm-hmm. But Chad, you got anything to add before we jump into our text today? Yeah, we just in thinking about the idea of Thanksgiving, it, we know and, and all of us are aware that for some, this holiday is not that thankful. There's issues in the family. Maybe we've lost a loved one. Maybe there's someone who is on their deathbed. Maybe there's some real conflict between family members. There's all kinds of reasons why this day can be difficult and hard for some. And we want to look at how we can be thankful in the Lord regardless of circumstances. Yeah. And so our base text that we're going to look at today, although we're going to look at Job again uh, as part of this, is Philippians chapter 4. And Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9 tell us this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. And so I think that's really important for us to start with the question of why should we rejoice? Why should we rejoice? Mm-hmm. Well, according to this passage, we rejoice in the Lord always. And he repeats himself to, re- again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And that's the key right there. The Lord is at hand. As Christians, we can be thankful regardless of circumstances because of our trust in the sovereign Lord that he is in control and that even with evil things, even with sinful things, he is bringing about all things for the good of those who love him, that we can trust in his sovereign plan to bring about his good plan even in the midst of the trials that we face. And I think we see that um, quite well in the story of Job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this last week, Mike, as we, we talked through the story of Job quite a bit. Um, but his circumstances were not that... Uh, joyful mm-hmm. um, he mm-hmm. was he was not that thankful and so we wrestled with that problem of evil and we were talking about that a little bit before we got on here but mm-hmm. you had a few things you wanted to clear up 
yeah. for our listeners. Well, as we were discussing the problem of evil, right, the, the age-old question, if God is good, then why do bad things happen? Or, you know, why does he allow evil to exist? And last week we talked about the, the language that's typically used when we're discussing that problem is really the language of permission. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, from the Reformed sort of, you know, yeah. tradition— um, would generally say, you know, well, God allows evil to exist for his glory. Mm-hmm. And that's not entirely biblically accurate because yeah. when you say God allows something, there's an implication there. Yeah, uh, There's an implication, and that implication is that he's not actually in control of it, mm-hmm. right? So it diminishes, unknowingly, it does diminish the omnipotence of God and the sovereignty of God. It's not as if Satan is out there running around doing whatever he wants, right? right? And Martin Luther famously said that the, even Satan is God's Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we see that put on display in the book of Job. Yeah. In the first two chapters, the Lord himself is the one who asks Satan, have you considered my servant Job, right? Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to clear up, I guess, I, guess, I guess really what I want to do is just make it more clear for people to understand that what we are not saying, uh, like, we said, like we had said explicitly last week, is that God is evil. We're not definitely not saying that. No. Um, God is... T- on, obviously not evil. Um, he does not enjoy evil, does not love evil, does not uh, fellowship with evil in the sense of intimacy and fellowship and, and uh, friendship. Um, so we have to say that at the outset. What we did say last week is that God uses and decrees evil for his morally good ends. And so the new piece of information that I want to set forth today is this that when we're talking about the existence of evil and God, mm-hmm. we must understand that God is the ultimate cause of all things. He's the ultimate cause of all things. Yeah. That is to say that he is the sovereign one. He is the only uncreated being, and everything is created mm-hmm. from his word. Yeah, He created th- through his word. Then you have two more sort of levels, if you want to think about it. Um, you have the proximate cause of evil, and then the efficient cause of evil. And when we're looking at Job, we can go to chapter 1 if you have your Bibles, um, you can see these kind of things playing out in a sense. So if you look at Job chapter 1, let me see here, verses 13 through 20, you've got the, the first opportunity for Satan to go out and inflict what he wants to do, mm-hmm. right? So God had put Job forward, as a consideration for Satan. Yeah. So there's the ultimate cause. Last week we said he, he initiated this, right? Mm-hmm. And he initiated in the sense that he, that he brought Job forward. That's what he did. Yeah. Now, what we have to take into account when we're considering the proximate and efficient cause of evil is the motive or the mm-hmm. desire of those proximate and efficient causes. Because yeah. God's the ultimate cause, right? Satan's desire is to kill Job, is to basically prove God wrong. His desire ultimately is to have Job curse God to his face. Yeah. Because Job uh, thus far hasn't done that in his life, and Satan says, well, of course he hasn't done that, God. You've given him everything he could possibly want. You put a hedge of protection around him. So then Satan says, but put forth your hand against him, stretch out your hand, actually, and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. You see, this is Satan's desire, as he wants to see the people of God curse God. Mm-hmm. That's what he wants, because he hates God, okay? 
So even Satan understands this ultimate cause thing that I'm talking about. He said, you right. put forth your hand. And then the Lord said to Satan in verse 12, behold, all that he has is in your hand. Okay? Right. So there's the proximate cause. Satan becomes the proximate cause. Because Satan himself doesn't go to Job and himself destroy Job. Because mm -hmm. when we read in verses 13 through 20, it says this, Now there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkey, donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took, uh, took them and struck them down their servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped. So the Sabians, which were a people group, were the efficient cause of evil there. They're the ones whom Satan worked through to accomplish his mm -hmm. own evil desire, which mm -hmm. God said, have you considered my Job? Or have you considered my servant Job? So I want you, listener, to see these three levels. And you'll see this everywhere. Same mm -hmm. thing with the cross, right? Yeah. It was God's plan, but he carried it out, proximate cause through the Jewish nation. The Jews then used the Roman law courts to e efficiently take Jesus out, Yeah. right? So, so that's what we have to say from the get-go. And now when we're talking about being thankful, mm -hmm. right, in light of suffering, we can learn a lot from Job. We can learn so much from Job. Um, we won't go over everything we talked about last week, but Job really does serve as an example for us. Yeah. As I mean, Job was like the ultimate, besides Christ, like the ultimate recipient of suffering. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just got hammered, right? Yeah. I, I read the list of his issues last week. But we can look at that. We can, we can do as Romans chapter 15 tells us to do and look at the Old Testament and really learn from it. Mm -hmm. And we can look at that and go, well, what was Job's response? Mm -hmm. Well, Job's a real human being. And there were points in the text of Job where Job genuinely thought that he was righteous and that mm -hmm. if he was to bring God into court and argue with him, he would win. Mm -hmm. So he started to falter in his faith. He started to question God's goodness and character. And that's why God responds to Job with those 70 rhetorical questions, basically making Job realize that God's wisdom is greater than Job's wisdom. Yeah. And even though Job couldn't see why he was going through the suffering, and by the way, he never did learn why he was going through the suffering, he must trust God in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And that, my, my friends, is where we can really learn a lesson. Yeah, We can be thankful because we know who God is yeah. based on the revealed word of God. That's right. Right? So when we're in the midst of trials, suffering in general, but when we're even going to our Thanksgiving gatherings and, you know, all families don't really like each other, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I happen to be blessed in, in that sense where like there's no one really hating each other in the family that I'm in. Now, now we get, we don't all get along perfectly, right? But sure. comparatively speaking, there are families out there that just are at each other's throats. Yeah. Well, what can we do there, right? How can we be thankful in mm. such a situation? What are some practical applications of the good news of Jesus Christ in right. those situations? Right. And that really brings us back to what Paul's saying in Philippians 4 here. To rejoice in the Lord always is to know that joy is found in the Lord, not in our circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, circumstances may produce happiness, momentary uh, times of happiness but mm -hmm. that's not joy joy is found in the lord joy is found in the true belief that the lord is bringing about his good purposes regardless of my circumstances right and that allows us to be reasonable here reasonableness the greek word denotes the generous spirit that rises above offenses or a forbearing spirit which <clears throat> jesus provides the su supreme example on the cross mm -hmm. 
So when he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone, that you're able to show grace, you're able to be gentle, you're able to be forbearing, you're able to, to withstand the hardships that you may be going through mm-hmm. because you know the Lord is at hand and you know that joy comes from him alone. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, well, don't be anxious then. Okay, because hard circumstances do create some anxiety, some worry, some Absolutely. fear. But how does he say to handle that? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, so once again, going back to the Lord, with thanksgiving, there's our word, with thanksgiving. What are we doing when we're being thankful to the Lord? We're calling to mind who God is. We're calling to mind the character of God. We're calling to mind the things that he has done for us and through us and in our lives. We're calling to mind that he is good despite the evil circumstances around us. And when we do that, when we set our minds upon the truth, look at the promise, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to bring up just a portion of Psalm 37, which is really pertinent to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, David suffered tremendously. He had really high highs and really low lows, right? But one thing that never changed in David's life was he was truly a man after God's own heart. Listen to him in verses 1 through 6 in chapter 37 of the Psalms. Mm. He says, fret not, which is to say don't be anxious, right? Fretting is anxiety. Same thing. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. Why? Mm -hmm. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Mm. You know, we talked about when we are going through James last week about how, you know, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and let the rich person just be humble because his days are coming. I'm putting yeah, yeah. it in my own words, obviously. But the temptation always is to play the comparison game yeah. when we're suffering. Oh, look at that person, man. They have it so good, right? And ev- they might not even be worshiping the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. That's what David is saying here. Don't trip, right? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Look, there are, they are going to fade like the grass. So what is his instruction? This is one of my, my go-tos when I'm, when I'm discipling guys. Yeah. I call it the TDC method. Yeah. Trust, delight, commit. Okay. Here's what David says. Trust in Yahweh and do good. Yeah. I love that. Trust speaks of the heart disposition. That's right. I trust, right? I don't know everything, mm-hmm. right? Even though I may be innocent and I'm still suffering, I know the God whom I serve. And I know that he will ultimately deliver me from this situation. Right. So in the meantime, I'm going to do good, right? Yeah. That speaks to the action. Then he says, in a parallelistic way, he says, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, right? Mm-hmm. That just means grow where you're planted and yeah. be faithful serving the Lord. Do, delight yourself in the Lord. There's the D, right? So we mm-hmm. have the trust. Now here's the delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Now, when you take that out of context, and you turn it into something that it's not, that here's what it doesn't yeah. mean, that God is a genie in the bottle. Yeah. He's not. He's not saying he's going to give you all your selfish desires. No. If you want the Lord, guess what? You can have the Lord. That's right. right. When you seek him with your whole heart, the scripture promises that he will be found by you. Right. So when you delight yourself in Yahweh, he will give you those desires, right? And then here's the C. It's the commit, mm-hmm. right? And this is where people fall off, you know, the commitment, they don't want to commit to something, right? They want a quick fix. They want relief now. Yeah. They go, thanks, God. Thanks for delivering me, but I'll see you later, right? Yeah. And they'll come running back when they get back into a situation again. No, we have to commit, brothers and sisters. He says this, commit your way to the Lord. 
Trust in him and he will act. Yes. What power? He will act. You can take mm -hmm. that to the bank. Mm -hmm. You can take that promise to the bank. Yeah. The TDC method, trust, delight, and commit. So yeah. instructive, especially when we're going through suffering. And we're really honestly finding it very difficult to find any sort of gratitude in our life. Mm. It's that. so true. I love that. I mean, we're not even going to talk about the physiological benefits of being grateful. <laughs> but I would encourage you, listener, if you got some time over this uh, holiday season, go on the internet. Just go look up some studies that have been done on the on yeah. the, the the neurological effects of gratitude. Yeah, I mean, it's actually physically very powerful for you. Sure, well, because well, we know that our inner man, our our non-material self, our spirit, impacts and influences our physical self, our outer yeah. man, and it does in a very powerful way. And to your to your point, science is even beginning to show that. Now, this doesn't mean that just because you sit around and do your gratitude gratitude list that that means that you're right with the Lord or that right. you're, that you're doing everything right. But what we are saying is it shows here that the way the Lord has created us, thankfulness, setting our minds upon the Lord and who He is, does produce the peace of God. That's which right. Is promised. Yeah, and the peace of God is the the foundation of everlasting gratitude and thankfulness. Yeah. You know, when I sit there and I just kind of do these verbal like confirmations, like I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that, I'm thankful for this, you will experience some temporary benefit from that. There's been studies on it. Mm -hmm. But what we're saying is something entirely different. We're talking about how when life just stinks, <laughs> mm. how are you able to be grateful when life is real? right mm -hmm. how are you able to be grateful when you're supposed to be happy at this thanksgiving dinner yeah. and you actually don't care for yeah. any of your family members yeah, right yeah, yeah. well here's how number one you remember that you have been forgiven by god right right your eternal soul is sorted out right you right? have peace with god you have peace with god right and that has a real effect on the human being when you remember that right yeah. and then we start to remember all the things that god has told us to do in his word because of that mm -hmm. right number 1 we must forgive those who have trespassed against us so your family members right they're probably trespassing against you maybe even today as you're listening to this right yeah, yeah, yeah. well you know what the lord jesus christ tells us to do forgive them because god your father has forgiven you right mm -hmm. so that changes our attitude immediately yeah. right now we're looking about we're looking at our family members as lost people potentially, right? Yeah. Or as people who who are in need of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what does that do? That gives us an opportunity now to minister the word of God mm -hmm. to them. That gives us an opportunity to reflect the glory of God yeah. to them. I mean, you see how this changes everything, right? Yeah. You're no longer worried about oh, you know, you're having a horrible time here at Thanksgiving, right? right? right, right. Like my day's just bad. Yeah. It's not about you, right? Exactly. It's about the Lord Jesus. That's right. And That's so, right. brothers and sisters, this is how we as Christians are able to actually have genuine gratitude in the midst of life's most trying circumstances, yeah. right? Well, to just sum all this up and kind of give an encouragement as we end today's podcast, I think this is a perfect place to just give the instructions of what Paul says. It's exactly what Mike was just saying. He says, finally, brothers... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Mm -hmm. 
what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Well, we thank you all for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project podcast. Hope you don't eat too much over this Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.